And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Wow. It shouldn't take this long. It shouldn't take this long. Welcome to the Weekend Update with Dave DeFore and Keith Parrish. Every Monday on The Athletic NBA Show. It did the same thing to me that it's intended to do to the world. Ding, ding! I have access to information wow. that the public doesn't. Welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Dave DeFore here with Keith Parrish for your weekend update. Coming up, Houston. We have a problem named Damian Lillard. The Lakers make a ridiculous comeback, and the MVP goes head-to-head with Kawhi Leonard and lives to tell the tale. Before we start, don't forget, you can get this podcast without ads by subscribing at theathletic.com slash NBA show. Keith, we started this show, the scripting process, at about 10 a.m., <clears throat> sure. At about 10 a.m. Pacific time, or at least I did. And I feel like we ripped up the script about 17 times. And we're starting with the biggest news of a pretty big and fun Sunday in the NBA. Damian Lillard becomes the second player this season. 71 points. The eighth player ever to score 70 or more in a game. 71 points, six assists, six rebounds. A ridiculous performance, but... Little asterisk, performed against the Houston Rockets. Poor Houston Rockets. I mean, most of these great performances in NBA history, if you see them all, you're like, you know what? That was kind of like, if you watched Devin Booker's 70-point game, the people who watched it live were like, that devolved at the end. And there certainly have been oral histories of Kobe's 81. Like, what were the, what were the Raptors doing? That night. So I don't know what was going on in all these old Wilt Chamberlain games. They were probably as ludicrous as this poor Rockets team is now. But like Dame Lillard now, the man has the third most 60 point games ever. He has the second most games with nine or more made three pointers, and he was on one. And I loved it. This one didn't break down into just like getting into uh, like earning your way to the foul line. He was still drilling threes at the end. He hits that floater to get over to 71. You could tell he's exhausted. I don't think he, he even had the energy uh, to gun for 73. Cam Reddish helped him out with the jumper. But yeah, Dame absolutely doing a monstrous work and now gets to write his name in the record books with this huge night. Yeah, he had a really nice dunk in the third. I don't know how he, how he had the legs for it. He had 41 points in the first half. Right. And all of a sudden, I mean, you know, tw- you know how Twitter goes they're like oh well dame might go for 80 yeah all of a sudden i'm thinking well dame really doesn't have a lot to play for because his team's not good enough this guy might really be going for 80 a game from here on out i mean look (laughs) if 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 dame has another 70 point game i I think he's got it in him well i guess like you like you said if there are there more rockets games on the schedule because if you do get the rockets you have a chance 
I was looking at this. We've had a few guys go off. Lucas scored 50 against him this year. John Morant got his season high, 49 against him. Lowry Markkinen had a career high, 49 against the Rockets. LeBron's season high was 48 against the Rockets. Anthony Edwards' season high, 44. Trey Young's season high. Uh, Tyler Hero had a career high against the Rockets. The Rockets will give you some points. If you're ready to score, uh, they'll give them to you. And Dame made a, uh, a, a lot uh, out of that opportunity. But, I yeah, mean, it, again, the, the numbers are eye-popping. I'm asking you, Dave, and, and I'm curious, are we going to keep seeing these things with the increase in offense, with the hyper-efficiency, with these offensive ratings team-wide and league-wide that we haven't seen, and just there's more and more and more scoring, and when these guys can make 13 threes in a game, that's a good night for my Memphis Grizzlies. And Dame made 13 on his own, and, uh, like, we're going to see more 70-point games, right? It's not just going to oh, be... Yeah. I mean, we got two this year. We're going to see two next year, right? Feels like 70 could wind up being the new 60 just because of, like you said, I mean, he hit 13 threes in this game. You know, this yeah. is uh, Clay Thompson sort of numbers. And right. the guy's doing it also getting to the line 14 times. You yeah. know, it's, it's just a big difference when, when you know, you, you've got this much talent in the league. And, and also, like you said, the pace. And let's not forget an obsession with stats. This guy knew he was gunning. The whole game, you know, so he comes out and, and at the end of the game, like you said, didn't quite devolve into the, you know, they weren't fouling to get him more opportunities or anything, right, but they right. certainly were like force feeding him the ball. Speaking of being force fed, this is a weird transition, but the Atlanta Hawks, not to be outdone by Damian Lillard later in the day, win their game against the Brooklyn Nets 129-127 thanks to a Trey Young buzzer beater, two of his 34 points, a nice little floater in the lane. To make Joe Prunty 2-0 as the interim head coach there, Keith, certainly they should have kicked the tires on Joe Prunty as the head coach. This this game winner likely locks the job up for, oh, wait, oh, Quinn yeah, Snyder they hired, after they the game. Yeah. Yes, yeah. they agreed to a five-year <laughs> deal. So Quinn Snyder is going to be the coach. And, uh, you know, luckily this was a rumor. So the guys over on Basketball Buds coming up right after this, uh, they kind of break down what they think about the the future pairing between Quinn Snyder and, and Trey Young. And, you know, look, Donovan Mitchell the other night played against Trey, apparently got a chance to chat up Trey and talk to him a little bit about playing for Quinn Snyder. And if if Trey Young will go into it with an open mind, I mean, look at what Quinn Snyder accomplished for Donovan Mitchell. I mean, Donovan Mitchell did not come into the league as the guy that he is now, but under Quinn Snyder's tutelage, I mean, this is a, a, a future MVP candidate, and, and and I think Quinn Snyder had a large hand in that. If I'm connecting the dots, Quinn Snyder did for Donovan Mitchell uh, what he could do for Trey Young, which means uh, in a couple of years, maybe on a different team, Trey Young is going to score 70 points, right? He's going to break the 70-point barrier as well. No, I mean, the Hawks have been great since firing their coach. Uh, I, I don't know if it's been uh, Prunty's work or not. They definitely came out like gangbusters after the first game after McMillan was was let go. And then they followed this up with another really, really solid win. And so the Hawks are, are getting their season, perhaps. Um, they're riding their season. They're getting on the rails, going the direction they want to go. And, of course, Trey Young is going to be one of the main parts of that season and, and whatever success they have. Uh, good luck, Quinn Snyder, with uh, – as the Game of Zones guys called him, uh, Coach Killer, uh, Trey Young. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. 
You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. They say in the NBA, no lead is safe, Keith, uh, but certainly a 27-point lead should be pretty safe. Usually safe. It had been safe. It had well, been safe this whole year until today. Yep, not if you're the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavericks drop a heartbreaking game to the Lakers, 111-108, to a game in which they led by as many as 27 points. Uh, 13 lead changes in the fourth. Anthony Davis had 30 points, 15 rebounds, and I think he was really the story of the game. The second half for Anthony Davis, Keith, it looked like the early season MVP sort of level play that we were seeing from Anthony Davis. If he can stay healthy... The second half of this game, I think, is an example of what the Lakers are, are can look like when they're when they're clicking, when they're playing at all cylinders. The defense was there, the offense was there, uh, but overall, I, I thought Anthony Davis's mark in this game was—I mean, he stamped his mark hard. I thought this game for the Lakers and for Anthony Davis, it was just—it was sort of what we expected, but it was—it was—it was reminiscent of, of their bubble championship year. Where they're not a good, they're not a good three-point shooting team. They didn't make three-pointers in this one. In the bubble, in the run, they actually made three-pointers, but they were just a they were a good defensive team. And then you had just these guys like an Anthony Davis, you couldn't stop. You also saw some of that mid-range shooting touch. He made a huge turnaround baseline jumper in this one. But like the Lakers are were winning with defense, with hustle, with rebounding, and like they lost the three-point battle by forty-two points. The Mavericks had 23s. The Lakers only made six, but they outwork them. And not just Anthony Davis on the inside. You got to give a lot of credit to Jared Vanderbilt. Just that dude works. I mean, 17 rebounds and four steals. And it's just like, I think it might be a specific matchup thing, honestly, with this Dallas team. But like the Lakers had bodies that the Mavericks did not. Yeah, Jared Vanderbilt really bothered Luka, I thought, in the second half. I, he He just forced him into positions he didn't want to be in. Luca wasn't getting the whistle that he's used to getting. Only went to the free throw line four times, and it got into his head. And Jared Vanderbilt was a large part of that sort of tip of the spear of the defense playing that point of attack. Uh, Kyrie and Luca still trying to figure things out, especially late in game. I, I think there's a little bit too much my turn, your turn. A and then coupled with the fact that neither one of those guys have any interest in playing defense when it comes to every single possession, um, the Mavericks have a lot to figure out. Do you, do you feel like they got better or worse at the trade deadline or, or is it about even? I really thought after the first couple games watching Kyrie play, the games without Luca, then the game with Luca, like I thought like, all right, this is just another half court option. They have, they're already the league's best half court offensive team. And I, I thought with the development and emergence of Josh green, that that guy would like take care of what you might have lost in Dorian Finney-Smith. So I was like, I th you don't think they're better. Even just picking up, um, just picking up Justin Holiday, who started this game, which I, I was kind of surprised. Like, oh, he starts now. But um, I did think they got better. But now, you, like, you see these kind of like a, a loss like this, where you, where you blow a huge lead at home. 
You know, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I do think they're still like a formidable kind of frightening team, but when you start gazing at the the Western Conference standings, like the Lakers only have two two more losses than the Mavs. Like the Mavs have thirty losses. The Warriors have thirty losses. The Lakers are right there just with thirty two losses. And like the Lakers, I know they got better at the trade deadline. Uh, you didn't ask me, but uh, like just getting. I mean, Malik Beasley was just throwing up bricks in this game, but just having the spacing, having a shooter, and and, and then getting to Jared Vanderbilt in here to hustle and make these plays to get the ball. I mean, D'Angelo Russell didn't even play in this one, but like just just the useful, competent NBA players that complement Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Like the the Lakers have have taken a step forward and. And this Western Conference race is really heating up. Yeah, and one of the most important things to note from this game, LeBron injured his foot or his ankle, and the mic picked up him saying, I heard a pop. I heard a pop. And I'm thinking the worst, Keith. Uh, He did do the thing that LeBron does. He tightened his shoe. He finishes the game. Uh, Apparently was limping after the game. Uh, But that's something to watch. He's been dealing with a foot issue all year, and if the Lakers are going to make a push, and I'm of the opinion that every game here is a must-win for a bunch of teams right now because it's it's already late in the West. They cannot afford to lose LeBron, and they really need LeBron as close to 100% as he can be, and this is yet another little, you know, another little axe blow to the lower body of LeBron. You have to worry about him going down the stretch and how he can hold up. Yeah, absolutely. Although, I mean, it is Jerry Vanderbilt's team now. So I have a little bit of faith. No, yeah, I mean, they need, they need, of course, they need LeBron James. I mean, his chase down block, this man, how old is he? This chase down block, he still scored 30 every night. Absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, Lakers won four or five, and it's against pretty solid competition. So, yeah, Lakers are coming on. Well, the day started with the Bucks and Suns. It's a finals matchup from a couple years ago, the Jay Crowder Bowl. And Jay Crowder actually played a huge part in this game, which is funny to say, Keith. No Giannis, no Kevin Durant, but this game was back and forth. The Bucks continue to roll. They win this one, 104-101. It's a 14th straight win, Keith. They uh, might be the best team in the league right now, at least if you care about just wins and losses. I mean, 14 straight, they're just rolling, and, and they've been missing Giannis for, for a lot of this. Yeah, Bucks win 14 straight, and we got them buried in the C block. Yeah, they uh, the the Bucks are awesome, and this was a really really good game uh, this afternoon, and it felt right. Like you're missing each team's MVP candidate not playing, but like these teams were were very very sharp. Like I thought Devin Booker had a really really nice game. DeAndre Ayton was just chucking those mid rangers and making them. Maybe get to the foul line every now and then, DeAndre. Maybe force someone to foul you, touch you. I don't know. Um, I'm just spitballing. I'm a podcaster. But uh, the the way that Jay Crowder showed up and started burying threes at the end, like part of the rally to get them back in it, and then to have it come down again to Devin Booker against Drew Holiday, and for Drew Holiday to get yet another steal, reminiscent of the finals, of to, to just knock the ball away and, uh, and pull out the victory, not what Suns fans wanted to see, but, you know, Drew's incredible. I know some people were talking – uh, all-star. He shouldn't be an all-star because of his, his numbers are less than so-and-so who didn't make the all-star game. I mean, the coaches know Drew Holiday's yeah, that, that dude. And he was awesome in this game, carrying the load without Giannis. Brooke Lopez having a huge game. And yeah, the Bucks are absolutely... Um, like I don't know. Like I've been saying Celtics title favorites for so long, 
But now the Bucks have absolutely inserted themselves there once Giannis gets back, and you think you're going to have a fully healthy Giannis plus Middleton plus Drew Holiday with Brooke Lopez. It's a very, very good team. Yeah, Middleton's still coming off the bench, working his way back up uh, for that minute slow. Jay Crowder played 25 minutes. I think he, he's an important guy to talk about from this game because he's a piece that they've been missing. You saw the defense, Keith. I mean, again, 25 minutes. He had four fouls in 25 minutes. He was working. And then he hits a couple threes late. His first three did not look good, but then he hits those next two, and they were huge. And this is Jay Crowder is brought into teams to help put him over the top. I mean, he was he was good in Miami. He he was great in Phoenix. Is he the missing piece for the Milwaukee Bucks? Maybe. I think he could be. I mean, I think just having another capable defender on the wing, like they're not going to need that much from him. I don't think when everyone's fully healthy. But we've seen him before. He keeps making the finals. And, you know, it, it seems like they needed an option that, like, wasn't Grayson Allen at times. Like, that's not who you want to be closing, you know, finals games with. And so I do think having someone you can turn to like Jay Crowder uh, to fill those minutes could be, yeah, could be the missing piece. All right. And we end the Sunday with kind of a wild game. Fresh off the second highest scoring game in NBA history. You have the Clippers and then the Nuggets, who got smacked by your Memphis Grizzlies on Saturday night, Keith. So you don't expect a lot out of, out of the Nuggets. You know, it's the second night of the back-to-back. Yeah, they come out, and they just they started this game against the Clippers looking like they wanted to end the night early. They wind up having to go to overtime. They win 134-124. They had an 18-point lead early in this game, Keith. And it looked like, you know, just another listless Clippers performance. They weren't well-connected. But then Kawhi Leonard stepped up, and he showed you why he's Kawhi Leonard. He went head-to-head with Nikola Jokic down the stretch in regulation, and it was back and forth. It was a heavyweight fight, trading haymakers. Right. Um, You're kind of burying the main story here. We have the Bones Highland uh, (laughs) revenge game coming back. Also, a little Reggie Jackson back at the Clippers action. That part, like, that was, like, almost the warm-up act to this game. Like, that was kind of the first half stuff. Like, oh, this is good. Bones is shooting a lot. I like it. Um, but then you had, uh, like you said, the Clippers got back into it. And I was thinking about that thing, how everyone used to say that, you know, second night of a back-to-back, going to Denver is a schedule loss. And I was like, does that count for the home team? Like, the Nuggets had to play in Memphis on Saturday, fly home, get in from that airport, and, and you know, make it way, make their way to the arena. And so, like, yeah, I, I was not surprised that this team would fade late. The Nuggets have had their own issues with their bench play whenever Jokic goes out. But, like, when the, when the Clippers caught up and then took the lead and Kawhi went into pure Terminator mode, I was kind of thinking, yeah, I, I guess, you know, I wouldn't be surprised now if the Nuggets are going to drop too straight. But whatever, they they reached from deep within, and and they were able to trade these blows. Um, They went into overtime because Gentavious Caldwell-Pope tried to draw an offensive foul. He took a flop, Dave, when the other team was in the bonus, trying to get an offensive foul call on Paul George when you're up two. Come on, man, just play defense. I I blame the referee. You don't have to blow the whistle (laughs) just because a guy falls down and embarrasses himself. Uh, But it is what it is. The defense gets punished when you do that. Paul George doesn't even have to make a play. Gets to go to the free throw line. And he's if you an have a two-point lead and the team's in the bonus, Just maybe don't put it on the referee. That's Maybe right. Just don't leave defense. it up to the referee that I might put a 90% foul shooter at the free throw line. But you you mentioned it goes to overtime. Nikola Jokic does the thing. I mean, he did the thing that he does. He took over. Right. Finishes this game with a 40-point triple-double, 40 points, 17 rebounds, 10 assists. 
They now haven't lost in, in any triple-double games for him this year. He's averaging a triple-double on the season. His 99th career triple-double, that's the most among centers ever. Keith, this guy's going to win the MVP again, I think. He's got, he's, he's got those advanced analytics of averaging a triple-double while shooting 63% from the field. I'm being facetious. The man is ridiculous. But he, did, I mean, he bounced back from a bad game. So Saturday night, when we were talking about what the show's going to be early on Sunday, we were thought we were talking about Joel Embiid. And Joel Embiid playing an awesome game against the, the Celtics, Sixers Celtics incredible game on Saturday. And the Buds then, really go deep on that game, too. That's why we left it on the table. Yeah, yeah. So, so that, that, they're going to be talking about that. But, like, Embiid has a strong argument for the MVP. But when you keep seeing... Jokic do 40-point triple-doubles, and you're like, he has three 40-point triple-doubles this year. He has one game where he shot under 50%. Like, what are we supposed to do with those numbers when his team's the one seed in in, in the West? Um, yeah, it was a masterful end. And also, like, the Snuggest team got, got great performances. Um, Jamal Murray was huge at times. Uh, Aaron Gordon returned. He'd been out for a while. He fell out of this game, but he, he played some big minutes. Yeah, I mean, the, the Nuggets are, are tough and uh, Jokic keeps doing these eye-opening stats. Yes, Damian Lillard, we saw he scored 71. Um, that's cool, too. That's why you got to leave the show. I got to say, uh, with all the incredible performances that we've seen since Thursday, just in four days, remember yeah. we had this the Clippers-Kings. We had this awesome Celtics-Sixers game. We had a 71-point game from Damian Lillard. I mean, so many things that, that happened in the, the last Nets four days. We had the Nets scoring 29 points in a first half. Sorry, that was the lowest point kind of against, team this year. Kind of against the, the point half. I'm making. But oh, I'm sorry. Listen, if ever there were a time to argue for a four-day work week, it's after this weekend. I mean, these guys look great off the All-Star break. Got to cut the number of games down, Keith. That's that's it. I've seen enough. That's going to do it for today's show, folks. Thank you guys for listening. For Keith Parrish, I'm Dave DeFore. Keith, let's get out of here. Ding, ding. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.